0: Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast. At Evolution, we are committed to helping people and Nordics tech organizations realize their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building trust to make doing business easier. I'm Alex Robinson from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and today I am your host. So today I'm joined by Henrik Varmer, Head of Data and Analytics at Lederne, Lena Vodby hasmussen Principal Consultant at Devotee and Data Driven, and Killian Cherney, analytics engineer at Playo. We're all here to discuss data-driven decision-making. So before we delve any deeper into this topic, let's just work our way around the room with some initial introductions. So what I'd like to know is who you are and what you do essentially. So um, Lina, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yes, of course, uh, yeah. As you said, my name is Lina, and uh, I work as a principal consultant in Deloitte Denmark. Uh, I, In general, I help customers with become more data-driven. That's also why I think the agenda for today is very interesting. Uh, I help basic customer with everything from data strategy to implementing data platforms to reporting and machine learning.
0: Thank you so much for that, Lina. Um, I'll hand over to you now, Kilian.
2: Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm Kilian Trini. I'm an analytics engineer at PLEO in Copenhagen. So been at PLEO for about two and a half years now. Uh, joined first as a data analyst and then uh, moved into my current role of uh, analytics engineer. Um, I work very closely with about 10 or so product teams in my domain. So basically building uh, logical data models that enable analysts and other stakeholders uh, to get useful insights out of our data. And um, yeah, so you know, what an analytics engineer generally does, which I can go into a bit later, is um, sort of sitting between the data analyst and data engineering role um, of um, delivering useful curated data sets that um, are are useful for, for insights and for, for other purposes.
0: Thank you so much, Killian, And I'll hand over to you now, Henrik.
3: Yes, my name is Henrik. I'm head of data and analytics at Lidlern. And um, Lidlern is Denmark's largest professional organization for directors, managers, trusted employees. And um, we organize 135,000 members. And data and analytics at, at Lidlern is really all about enabling uh, the company to become data-driven, uh, in the theme of this podcast, to uh, use data actively to make more informed decisions. We really support everything from dashboarding, reporting, reverse ETL, which I'll get into a little bit later, and uh, also advanced machine learning uh, using techniques um, ranging from time series forecasting to advanced uh, NLP. So we really do everything. We have a team of uh, 11 people at the moment, and we uh, it's separated in our data platform team and our data science team. Um, and uh, yeah, what we really do, as I, as I say, is, is help our colleagues become more data-driven, using data uh, to to better help our members to become more relevant in our communication, uh, in the products we offer, in the services we provide.
0: Thank you so much for that, Henrik, and thank you guys for introducing yourselves. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now that we've established the context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. So you all have a question or a statement on data-driven decision making. As usual, I'm going to work around the room asking each of you to pose your questions and the reasons behind it. So um, everyone will have an opportunity to give your take on the situation and each other's questions uh, we're going to kick off with you Lena would you like to pose your question to the panel and tell us where it came from
1: um, yes so my question is uh, what does data driven actually mean and uh, when uh, do, do you become data driven so the reason why i'm asking this question is first of all when you start to talk about something i like to define what is actually that we that you mean when you talk about it and i have also seen um that in my many years working within this industry that a lot of people have different uh, definitions of what is um, being data driven. So I think it could be nice to to start out this uh, discussion with actually defining what does it mean for at least us in the room here.
0: Thank you so much for posing that question, Lena. Um, we'll come to you first, Killian.
2: So yeah, what, what data driven means? I think it's it's a complicated thing because um, a lot of companies are just sort of blurting these words out, you know, all the time with not much. Uh, I suppose, thought put into it. Everybody really wants some piece of data, um, but perhaps do not exactly have a very clear understanding of what that needs to be used for. So I think when it comes to being data driven in a team, say my team, you have to be a little bit critical. I suppose as a data person, um, you're going to get endless requests about for everything. Everybody wants you know a piece of the pie. So I think it's the first thing is to be critical and kind of understand what's behind that request. Um, Ultimately, at the end of the day, what you're doing is um, trying to get insights that are to uh, supposedly, you know, for example, uh, improve your your product or the service that you're you're giving your customers. So, um, if if there's no like aspect of what you're working on that's going towards that goal, then perhaps you're not really being data driven and you're just looking to build some dashboard for, um, you know, not not much real like insight. So, um, I think data-driven, which I guess I'll kind of go into a bit later about how that's different being data informed. Um, I think it's a tricky one. Um, I think different companies define it in different ways. Uh, now with things like AI, it gets even more complicated. So um, yeah, I'm keen to explore that a bit later again.
0: Thank you very much for your take on that, Kilian. Uh, so what do you make of this question, Henrik?
3: I, I agree with uh, many of Killian's points, and I think um as a, as a manager of a data analytics team, we also get overwhelmed with the request for dashboards and information. And I think you, we need to make the distinction between a need for information or a, a curiosity to, to, to know um, your business, which I would separate from being truly data-driven, which is making informed decisions based on data. Often when business users ask uh, a specific piece of insight or information or dashboard, um, what I will ask in return is what specific action are you going to take? Uh, which specific action can you um, can you sort of tie to the information requirement of that dashboard? So uh, if the answer is, is none, then I don't think it really moves the organization towards becoming more data-driven. I think it might even move us in the opposite direction because now suddenly the, the data analytics people are tied up making Dashboards, which, which only really uh, serves to to provide business users with con- some context uh, in the business uh, in which they operate, which also has the uh, need. I'm not uh, saying it's it's not uh, useful at all. I'm just saying it's not really what I would think of as, as being uh, data driven. You data driven using the data to inform your business decisions. So uh, so I very much agree with uh, with Kay on, on on that point.
0: Thank you so much for that, Henrik. Um, would it be possible? Can I just refer back to Lena's question in the I'm interested to hear when you think what's the cutoff for becoming days driven? How do you know that you're data driven? Any takers on that one? Tillian? Oh, well, I
3: think Henrik. I th- yeah, I mean I can jump in. I think it's I think it's difficult, but but I would say, you know, um are your decisions really informed um by data? And I think In practice, um, many business users will struggle uh, with that. Um, I think data teams um, sometimes can be uh, very good at becoming data-driven, of being data-driven, especially, and and I think it's easy for us, right, right, because we sort of grew up on on that concept, but uh, many times you see data teams, uh, you know, studying uh, telemetry from the products, Studying usage, uptake in dashboards, uptake in, in product usage. And that's really d- data driven, in, in my opinion. Um,
0: yeah, thank you very much for that, Henrik. And then, Lena, what, what's your insights from this, having heard from the other guys?
1: Um, I think it makes a lot of sense what the, what the other guys are saying. I think I agree with a lot of the things uh, they mentioned here. Um, from my point of view, is, is it like. Um, For me, it's like you're truly data driven uh, if you actually have a culture where everything is based on data. And when I say that, I mean, when you have a new product, you test that in a data driven way. When you have um, everything you do basically is based on data. Uh, So it's also like when you get new systems, you make sure that the systems are ready to make some kind of uh, data driven decision making based on that. So everything Every decision you make in the company um, is actually based on on the data. Um, so I think sometimes uh, as I see it, some companies are only looking at it, at OK, we have something and then we want to look at it, at it on the reporting level, maybe make a dashboard and then we are data driven. I don't think that's enough. I think it's it, you need to really put it in the foundation of the of the organization uh, to become like fully data driven in my point of view, uh, so. When are you then data driven? I think it's when every uh, colleague you have is thinking about how they can uh, work with data in basically everything they do. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. And um, does anyone else have anything to add there? No. Um,
1: I might just add that
2: um, I'm probably kind of stealing from my own question, but um, the kind of difference I suppose you kind of mentioned about being d- data informed. I think there's, I think there's a little bit of nuance there because. Uh, like, you know as a data person of course I'm like yes absolutely uh, use data in your decision making or uh, analysis or something um, but it's all you know it's equally important not to disregard um, some other those uh, data points which are like uh, qualitative data so of course like user research is kind of the I suppose mirror image or it's kind of like the the NPR yang kind of like especially in like product management um, you know data can get you so far. Um, but of course it comes with biases and um, you know as as much as we'd like to suppose assume that we are you know not privy to those biases uh, it does it does creep in so you know data on its own is not um faultless and because humans are not perfect so um, i think it's important as well to like lean on other aspects of um you know things like yeah, like user research or uh, you know things like that so go for it you know
1: but isn't like isn't that also data?
2: I suppose so. Yeah, it's different kind. Like you know, it's it's maybe not something that's and you know actually going to contradict myself. I would have said it's not something that's in a in a database or something, but that's not necessarily true because we do have uh, like transcripts of uh, user interviews and things like that. So to some extent, it is, but it does come with uh, the expertise of people in user research um, who have talked to hundreds of customers over so the years. And know the ins and outs of the product, have industry knowledge, have something that, frankly, a, a data set in BigQuery just doesn't have on its own. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, 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 something you can't have one without the other. It's like you need them both, and a successful product team leans on both. Um, and that's, you know, that's coming from someone who works like extremely hands on with data. That I'm like saying that I'm not the most important thing in the world. <laughs> there are other things to do. Um, but yeah, it's, of course, everything has its place, I think.
3: Yeah, I think if I can just jump in, I think it, it also really depends on the context, right? Are you trying to inform a, a strategy, a new roadmap, or are you perhaps looking to increase your ROI on marketing automation? And I think it's, it's there's just two examples of very dis- different disciplines that can both be informed by data and, and be data-driven, um, where... One would be very highly automated and built on data that lives in a database. And the other one could be informed by more qualitative, qualitative data and uh, experience, um, which you might also call data uh, in some regard. Um, and, you know, so I think it depends on the context as well.
0: Great points, I think. Great points. I think that's a nice segue, Killian, into your statement topic. I know we've covered a little bit of it already, but do you want to pose your question to the panel? Uh,
2: Yeah, I think I'll skip to the second part, which was what are some of the golden paths towards becoming data-driven, in your opinion?
0: Great, great question.
3: So who wants to tackle that one first? Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry, but uh, you fell
2: out. Yeah, sorry. What are some of the golden paths would becoming data driven or data informed
1: I start so uh, i think there is multiple ways of doing this uh, I, de- I don't think there is uh, one way of this is uh, step one step two step three i think uh, it depends very much on what company it is but also like uh, i like to start with like doing a strategy. what is it actually that you do you want here and then, like, from that, actually making uh, some, um, you know, uh, yeah, some steps towards uh, that strategy. Uh, and I think uh, for most customers, at least in, in, in our world, is you need some kind of way of gathering all the data uh, that you have. Um, so starting with that is usually a, a good way of, uh, of doing that um uh, and then i think uh i mean the way of working with data is a huge uh, change change management uh task actually so also making sure that everything around it uh, implementing a uh, way of working with the with data it's super important as well
0: thank you very much sadly and do you want to give your take on this one
3: henrik yeah and i think i might be uh, just uh, repeating myself here but um <laughs> really i'm just gonna State it again. Uh, I think uh, tying as being able to tie actions to to data. Uh, when I think of, of being data driven, I'm, I'm more thinking about uh, sort of actions that you can do based on data and uh, very concrete, hands-on sort of uh, actions that are perhaps uh, not really what what, what Linu was talking about earlier with the strategy and roadmap and uh, product testing and stuff like that. I'm I'm thinking about like near future events that you can influence via data. Uh, that's kind of and I and I know I think the other definition also falls under being data driven, but that's just what what I have uh, top of mind. And I think for me, uh, just being able to actually do something um, is uh, and then acting on it. Um, so so changing your behavior based on what the data tells you, I think is is a crucial thing. And and it sounds very basic. Um, but I'm afraid I've, I've seen many, many examples of people being very well informed by data um, in, in very large organizations, where it, it's either not possible to change your behavior because maybe you're not you're bound by legal issues, maybe you're it's not within your domain. There can be all sorts of restrictions placed upon a, a, an individual, um, where you can see that there's a logical action that needs to be taken, but you. And 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 this is maybe where change management comes in, also as, as Nina says, because um, it's really an, an an organizational effort. As I see it, um, I think at Learning, we we've been very successful in 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 being data driven, and I think one of the key factors is um, buy-in from our top management, and not just buy-in, but but really active involvement and and push. Um, for uh, for for all departments of Lerna to to use data to their advantage, um, I think it, it can be difficult sometimes if you're a, sort of an isolated data analytics product team or whatever, and you have some insights and you, you try to sort of pivot your organization or or make make use of that data uh, without sort of a broader um, a broader organizational buy-in. So I think that's that's my response to just uh, yeah, buy-in from, from the rest of the organization that uh, the data is, is really what we're doing. Okay, did you have something to add there, Lina?
1: Um Yeah, I just wanted to add uh, that I think it's um, like the buy-in from the top management is, I mean, that's crucial because if you don't have the, the buy-in from the top management, it's going to be so difficult to actually make everything like the change management around it, but also making... Uh, sure, for example, as you said, Henrik, uh, that you actually want uh, what you're producing to be actionable. You are then demanding some, something from your colleagues, but if you don't, don't have support for that, it's going to be really difficult to actually do this. Uh, so I think it's, it's super important. And also, I think it's a super good point you have with making all your dashboards actionable. So you don't have something you don't really use for anything or as, at least for something that moves the needle. Um, so I
2: think it was, uh, su- su- uh, yeah, some super good points there. Uh, sorry, I think you're on mute, but I can, uh, yeah, I can chime in. Yeah, those are really, um, really super good points from both Lena and Henrik. Like, the organizational buy-in is, is crucial because you can't do things on your own, um, not with any kind of sustained momentum. Um, I think one thing that we've been really sort of pushing at PLEO the last few months is uh, we have this, a guiding principle, especially in um, engineering teams, which is uh, treating data as a product, um, which I think is like, it goes, I would say from both ends. So I would see this as um, treating data as a product in terms of uh, data as a source. So uh, we, of course, like many companies, um, we have data that's produced by our um, microservices, part of the, the tech stack that's used um, in analyzing data about how, uh, you know, for example, a product is being adopted, or uh, you know, the enablement rates, things like that, how the usage is. Um, so that's one side of things. And engineering teams are becoming increasingly sort of um, requested to make sure that that's prioritized and it's a product and not a byproduct um, of their work. So that's data from the source being a product. And then I see this the other side of data the product, which is supposed to kind of what I'm involved in, which is the analytics engineering side, which is turning that transactional, database data into analytical data um, and turning and making that into data products that analysts and uh, stakeholders can use in, in reporting or in uh, data science or um, you know various things like that. Or also in like uh, things like reverse ETL, sending that data back into the product um, to be used again, to actually like better the customer experience. So it's something we're testing with. Um, we have a model that uh, basically figures out if a transaction is recurring and it can then tell the user that we think that this transaction that you've made on your card is going to be a subscription and therefore we can make that experience a bit better for you. Um, we've tried other things like, for example, um, we've tried like uh, productized messaging in the app. So for example, if you've taken specific actions, um, then we can you know, provide a better onboarding flow for you, for example. So using data, um, from the product, transforming it in a way that's useful, and then perhaps sending that data back into the product um, is becoming, I think, increasingly uh, a big thing nowadays. Um, so it's really important to get alignment, I guess, throughout the whole business on uh, how this all works. So, yeah, super, uh, super agree with all your points, uh, both of you.
0: Excellent. That was a brilliant roundup. And now, um... Henrik, I'd like to pass over to you for our final question on this panel.
3: Yeah, thank you. And and what Kilian just uh, stated is really a perfect segue into my question. It really is my question or my statement, which we really touched upon. But um, what, what I want to say is basically dashboards, for me, are uh, not really where data teams should be focusing their effort in 2024. I think it's that is is reverse ETL, contextual data and data products. Um, I... I And I think, I mean, just take our data analytics team, for instance, at Learn we have, we maintain around 70 dashboards. Um, Most are rarely used. Um, Some are almost never used, and many, you can't really tie an action to them. It's basically reporting statistics, which in in some cases, they have the merit, it's nice to have, but it's not really something that, as Lina says, moves the needle. I think where we experienced a uh, true impact is running reverse ETL back into the, our source systems, uh, embedding contextual data for, our, for our many, many caseworkers, um, where data is served at the right time, at the right place, uh, with the right amount of granularity uh, that can inform the situation that the, the caseworker is in. So really thinking about how can we move data to where and when it's needed, and only provide the relevant information to this specific transaction that's going on. And I think if data teams really sit down and think about that uh, about that specific uh, issue, they'll be able to move the needle uh, in the companies in, in, in the right direction by a lot. Because um, what we've seen is is immense performance gains uh, embedding both. Uh, ML models, um, but also just basic data. Uh, so, so, so it, it it doesn't really have to be advanced or um, or, or uh, really a big large uh, model for it to make it, uh, to have a, a more impact than than all our dashboards combined uh, in our experience. So. My uh, question is not really a question; it's more a statement, uh, similar in, in similar way to what Kirill just said. That I think uh, data products and um, uh, reverse ETL, contextual data is is really where data team should be focusing their effort.
1: I think uh, that was very interesting uh, what you talk about there, and uh, something that uh, I actually also implemented in an old job that I had, and I think it's super interesting, and you can really see how. Uh, the, your colleagues, how they're working with the data, and actually use it for, yeah, uh, talk to customers or whatever it might be. It's super useful, so I think I really agree with with you there. But I also think you need to see it in, uh, like, how data-driven is the company? Because I think there is also some kind of uh, 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 how mature you are on that journey, I would say. Because if you want to actually have it implemented in the organization, you need your colleagues to also follow uh, what's going on there um and if you if if this is all they think about is uh, is th- that dashboard i think you need to a little bit maybe start with that and then you can evolve from there uh, because as many people think they're data driven when they have the dashboards i think it's a super good starting point and then you can evolve from there i could i would really love to hear your uh, your thoughts about that as well
3: yeah i i agree i mean i think um I think it's also easy for me to say uh, that the data teams should focus their efforts or other places on other than dashboarding because we have done dashboarding and it's been done in our organization and we kind of maintain these automated dashboards and the information requirement is, is met uh, at this point. Mm. So um, obviously, there's constantly new sources; things have to be maintained and updated. But more or less, it's. Is an opera- ongoing operations and there's really little new development in that area. Um, so, so I agree. Uh, dashboarding is a nice starting point, but I think what really drives the value and and helps companies become data driven is 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 using that data, uh, embedding them, embedding that data within source systems. So we have a. Uh, we embed uh, quite a lot of data uh, in various transactional flows in our CM systems, in our sales point sales systems, um, and uh, we also build data apps. So uh, data apps could be anything for us. It's just a power app um, that is just uh, something that people can use and interact with in various ways. It's easier than a dashboard, and it's more of a sort of, uh, self-sustained product uh, that they can use, and we can sort of... Uh, like uh, demand more interaction from the user, uh, then give more input, uh, and so 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 the data warehouse was data is, was typically typically seen as a source. It's more becoming a backend, as I see it, and uh, a, a quite an essential backend uh, to our organization uh, for many many uh, systems that business users interact with.
2: Um, yeah.
0: And then Kilian, what do you think on this?
2: I think you're kind of like hinting at. I don't know if you're familiar with this, like, uh, it's kind of like pyramid diagram that was a data, information, knowledge, wisdom. It's like, you know, data on its own, like, it can that inform, I suppose, like some sort of information and ultimately knowledge and, and wisdom. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, like having a dashboard with no actionable insight is basically valueless. Um, you know, so I think it's definitely. Much more about like thinking about what like, what's this actually going to be used for, or um, tailoring the I suppose the the way the data is presented or or transformed uh, to the use case. And I really like the idea of the the data apps. Um, so yeah, I think I'd like to hear more about it if, if we have time. But um, thanks.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Have more time, Henrik. Uh, yeah, so perhaps I can expand a little bit on what we do, but. Uh... I'm just going to give two examples. Um, so one example is just um, it's in reverse ETL. That just what it really does is it, it doesn't really um, well it, it embeds contextual data that the caseworkers would would otherwise have to look up manually uh, in a lot of steps. So basically, it's just an automation process. But it also provides the information in a very uh, nice way. It's easy to uh, get a quick overview of uh, of what you're dealing with. Um, so not only do they save time, they also have a, a better overview uh, of the data. So that's really an example of just a, what I would call a, a dumb flow, It doesn't really do anything advanced, just shows the data where it's needed, when it's needed. But with that, just one flow, we've um, uh, automated what equivalates to uh, 0.7 uh, FTE, um, because it took so long to find the data uh, in, in manual uh, data, uh, lookups in various systems um, so so there's value in that alone but also just having that data always be updated always be correct is is, is a huge value in itself and that I could just give an example of a, a more advanced flow we do which is uh what well, the data data warehouse has um, persisted a result from a machine learning model which is basically just a time series forecasting model that forecasts uh, a specific at demand. I won't go into details. It's not really important, but just demand of some sort, and uh, that is fed back uh, into a into an app where the business users can uh, sort of uh, look at book book time slots. Um, so we can make sure that the mean meet, meet will meet the forecasted demand. Um, so that's really a, a way to uh, have them interact with a machine learning algorithm without really knowing that they're interacting with a machine learning algorithm per se, but just having the bookings controlled um, and where they can also give input uh, and sort of interact with the data. They can say, oh, I prefer to Tuesdays or whatever. Uh, and if that's not really important, I mean, you can use these apps to set up rules at, uh, and, and definitions of what can be done. Um, so I think it's, it's, an, it's a new way of interacting with the users uh, uh, with data. And the old way of doing this, uh, if, you, uh, if we were to do this two years ago, we would have built a dashboard where they could uh, see the forecasted demand and they would, could uh, take that information and you know, use it uh, elsewhere. Um, but I think sort of building these uh, flows, these data apps, um, these data products, um it's just a nicer experience uh, of both the data team and the business users
2: nice yeah i think i think it sounds like you're saying that like in the in the past you would have as a stakeholder have gone yeah. to the data and some to some degree nowadays the data comes to you and it kind of reminds me of there's this quote i think i can't remember it's from but it's like any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic so it's like you have this kind of incredibly like advanced data modeling or transformation going on somewhere and appearing where it's needed um, at the right time you know whether that's yeah, for like users within the business or for customers and you know that's that's becoming like super cool to see nowadays
1: um, yeah I think what we talk about here is called the uh, right back apps uh, basically right when you can yeah. interact with the with the data you have in your data warehouse and I think Definitely, that is uh, maybe that's also a place where our analysts should uh, put uh, some of their time uh, going forward. As we see, we, we build on a lot in um, where I work, and uh, we can just see our customers are super happy with it because it actually makes people that are not usually interacting with the data make them. Uh, yeah, it makes them. It makes it possible for them to interact with our data. Um. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that's really the yeah. Yeah, the, the app uh, thing is, is, is basically also a way to give power back to the business users and say, well, you, at least in, in this case, uh, you can book your own time slots, but uh, please uh, do it within the forecasted demand. But, uh, you know, without really placing strict guidelines or, or placing it in a, in a framework, just making a nice user experience um and and i think it's it's way better than having that data buried in a dashboard that is maybe viewed by a couple of persons um, a month and where they may, might not really understand uh what they're inter- interacting with a data uh, dashboard also uh, has requirements in visualization you need to be exp- do a lot of explaining in text maybe you need to maybe educate people in, in what are they looking at in in the dashboard and, and with, with an app or with a guided user, ex- user flow, you can sort of um, guide the user experience uh, in, in a more strict way that doesn't really require uh, as much uh, explanation. Uh, I think it does, however, place stricter demands on the correctness and timeliness of your data. Uh, it, it, it's, it's perhaps um, a harder thing to accomplish because you need more... Uh, correct uh, timely data and it always needs to work stuff like that so so that might be the limitation
1: yeah but a, a, an alternative could be excel spreadsheets and if that's the alternative i guess this is uh, like way better uh at least that's what we see we replace uh, excel sheets with the with these apps instead which way work, uh, works a lot better
0: okay okay so some really interesting points covered there. I think towards the end, some kind of helpful tips and tricks (laughs) as well. Tips and tricks might be underselling it a little bit. Uh, Let me ask, is there anything anyone else wants to add on this, any roundups or anything at all? Feel free to jump in. No? All
3: good. I think think it's interesting that we all sort of agree. uh, It seems that uh, both on on what it takes to become data-driven, but also what it it means, uh, definition. uh, And uh, I think Killian had some nice points about... uh, about uh, what really drives value with data, um, and uh, I just uh, I, I think it's it's interesting that we consider three data professionals and agree that dashboards are basically not worth at and you need to uh, do something else. Uh, of course, dashboards, I agree, Lena is, is a is a nice start. It's a nice starting point. Uh, it can certainly inform decisions. Uh, it can be uh, a really great great tool to have, but there's just a certain demand for information, and once, it, once it's met, you need to look elsewhere. And um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I would also actually add that um, sort of on the topic of dashboards is that, um, you know, Playo and probably like many other companies, it's, it's becoming much more normal uh, that data teams are, I suppose, trying to empower other users to self-serve. I mean, that's something you hear all the time, self-serve data. when they're using like BI tools like Looker and things like that um, where the kind of hard work of the data and the transformation and the joining and cleaning and everything is done sort of by an analyst or an engineer in the back sort of in the back end Um, and then it's sort of available to explore by you know other teams like product managers or operations teams and things like that so it kind of frees up uh, to some extent the the time of the data teams to focus more on I suppose more like impactful things or just generally more complex things, more complex analyses, um, whether that's like in the realm of data science or, you know, uh, machine learning, LLMs, all the hot topics nowadays. Um, because, yeah, dashboards, you know, perhaps it's kind of that's sort of the way things are going. Um, if your stakeholders need a dashboard, you know, maybe the future and that's sort of what we're at least attempting to sort of go for it to some extent is like, you know, we'll give you the tools to do it yourself. We'll be there to support. Um, but we could, there's sort of an expectation that um part of the competency of, for example, a product manager nowadays is you can't be ignorant about the sort of data and how to access, access it and work with it. It's Sort of one of your KPIs, you know, in terms of your growth, is to be able to use that and not just uh, slack your an- your local analysts every five minutes because you can't figure out a filter. Um, so, go ahead, Henrik.
3: Yeah, I just uh, I completely agree, and I think uh, another sort of offshoot um, consequence of, of, of this move um, is that the data platform was maybe once of the data warehouse was maybe once seen as a Thing you build on top of your existing applications, and I think it's now becoming a more important part of your overall IT architecture. And in many places, it's as I said, it's becoming sort of the the, the backend for many systems, um, and and a more crucial interwoven part of your overall IT landscape. Um, so I think in the past, you know, the classical thing was data as a source. You move it into the data warehouse. You present it in the dashboard. And I think that whole thing is just uh dated uh it's 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 m- way more into interwoven with the rest of your both overall it landscape and business uh, fabric okay
0: great excellent points made at the end there guys thank you so much for that um just final check anything else anyone would like to add no oh good okay great um so before we end the podcast for today I'd just first I'd like to say thank you so much to all our guests for joining, sharing the thoughts and uh, giving up the time. So it's one final time, they have been Henrik Varma, Head of Data and Analytics at Loderna, Lena vodby Klasmussen, Principal Consultant at Devo Team Data Driven, and uh, Killian Cherney, Analytics Engineer at Playo. If you are looking for new technical roles or looking for someone to fill your technical roles, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message about that too. So one more time, I'm Alex Robinson and you can find me on LinkedIn. Alternatively, you can email me at alex.robinson at evolution-nordics.com or you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash Nordics forward slash. So yeah, thank you guys one more time for joining and to all the listeners, listeners out there, thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.